If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks with Brent Martineau. He, he's, he's unbelievable. He's, he's just got a great personality. Um, he's excitable. Um, comes in the building every day just uh, in, in a good mood all the time. I mean, just, it's just hard to explain, but he um, great teammate, um, works hard, he's a good leader, um, does everything you ask him to do, and, and uh, um, it's, it's fun to have guys like that on your roster, you know, to kind of keep things light and, and energetic. That is Coach Doug Peterson. Talk about me. <laughs> Casey Kurtz. <laughs> Must have been spending some time around Kurtz and the Casey meter super high here on a Tuesday. We're on a couple of days streak right here now. We are. We need Amanda to tweet again. Casey meter high. It's high. Hi, gentlemen. Hi. Nice. Hi. I can't believe how much I just learned or got reunited with the game of baseball in the late 90s, early 2000s <laughs> there. Shame on me. Yeah. It's amazing how much you forget. Man, when you have a good, like, half hour to an hour, just YouTube, like, 90s baseball highlights and let it roll. They're good, like, <laughs> one to two hour montages. You'll just go right down that rabbit hole. Also, uh, sticking with that, did anybody know Lu- Luis Gonzalez had 57 home runs? I, I, yeah, yeah remember he was at Diamondbacks, right? Big year. Yeah. Now, Gonzalez was a good player for a long time, but he wasn't was a 57 home run. No. no way. Good dude, by the way. He's good. another good dude. <laughs> it's funny how many good dudes took steroids. Yeah. Doesn't make you a bad guy, I guess. It does, well, sometimes. Well, as you can still hold that Sharpie. <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying. As a, I, I love, I'm fascinated with that time period because, like, Sosa taking steroids, like, it was the greatest thing he ever did. Oh, yeah. Like, how many teams had he been on before he ended up in Chicago? Well, definitely that. the White Sox. Oh, it was the White Sox. Was that the only one? Let me look at some of these numbers, though, because you're right. Like, the... These numbers like were we've, I don't putrid. Think people, he started on Texas, by the way. See, see that? That was his third team. Putrid numbers before uh, the pop. His, so. History will rem- history won't remember like what Sosa was before the steroids. They might do, do the three years and then after the steroids, but they won't remember the before. What was the before? So listen to this buildup from uh, from 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 his rookie year in '89. You're talking four homers, right? He was a rookie in '89. Three homers the next year. Stepped it up. 15, 10, 8. Then we really start to see production. He's an everyday starter now, playing 160 games for Chicago. 33 homers, 25 homers, 36, 40, 36, 66, <laughs> 63, 50, 64, 49. And then we start to end the career a little yeah. bit. Well, he actually had better numbers from a home run standpoint than I thought. Go back to like 33 or 36 and 40. Yeah. How many times did he strike out? Strikeouts in the year that he hit 36. He goes 134. The next year, 134. The next year, he hits 36 homers, 174. 66 homers, 171. Uh, actually, still struck he out a, a lot. 308 batting average the year he hit 66 homers. This guy was on special juice. He was actually, but he had 308 batting average, hitting that many homers, and he struck out the most times in his career, or, or close, 171. Close. By three, yeah. And so, just today's game. RBI, by the way. He was today's game, right? World-class player. (laughs) World-class player. (laughs) Listen, pick 
Pick your random bum that's playing right now, a couple years in, not going well for him. They juice right now, I'll buy a jersey. And they're hitting 60 home runs a year. <laughs> I'm in. I love how you don't care if they cheat. Like, at all. Man. Like, that's a weird thing. Like, I understand. Believe me, listen. I think the steroid era, like that year, saved baseball in a lot of ways. So I, I get why they turned the cheek. What I just told you guys in the break is I don't understand why they let it go for so long. Like, the game came back a bit, and then they just – it was like a drug for Major League Baseball. They I didn't actually, want to let go. They didn't want to fix it. I thought the deal was that it had been happening for so long. I don't know. Well, it happened to some degree, but not – you see the jump. I mean, you know yeah, the degree. No, obviously it, it got crazy. It yeah, got crazy. I, think, I think science decided there was money to be made here, <laughs> yeah. and so they went all out. Baseball had come off the strike. Yeah, baseball sure. was struggling, yeah. and so McGuire and so. So I was in college, man. I used to turn the TV on, like, every time I got back to the dorm room to see if – so said hit a home run at 2 o'clock on WGN. He's great. I mean, like, it was that kind It was awesome. Oh, yeah. It really was. And so I can see that. But what I don't understand is why it went so long. Why did Major League Baseball turn his cheeks so long? What year was that? Was that 92? When was that? That was like 96, 97, 98. Yeah, I was 98. born in 97, so don't look this way. Oh, 98, maybe? Was okay. the McGuire Sosa year? I was in college, so it was one of the, I don't know, it was all one Dang, big year in college. You were in college and I wasn't even born. That's crazy. I just tweeted nothing. Just sent a tweet by accident. It reminds me, my mom's first tweet. My mom, she hears everyone's on Twitter a few years ago. She opens up Twitter and she just tweets like a direct message to somebody. She's just speaking into the ether, expecting someone to answer her. I'm like, Mom, that's not how you use it. I'm never using Twitter again. Okay, Bad Bob. experience. Imagine if I said that after one tweet. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're the, the one. might be a better place. He's, he's the one looking inside his fridge for Netflix. It's like, Brent, it's on the TV, bro. It's not in the kitchen. Oh, man. Where are we going here? Hey, uh, we brought up the top of the show about the trade uh, for Cole Van Lynn and the left uh, guard or, or offensive lineman out of Green Bay. And then you talked about, could there be some other trades? Mm-hmm. For the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, you know, all the way to October for that. But if you think about players on the Jags that might have some trade value, do they exist? Well, if a team is LaVisca Chanel at the top say, of the list. If, if a team believes in Visca, you might get like a late round pick for him. I, I think you could trade LaVisca Chanel. I really do. I think there's some value to a mm-hmm. team. Somebody, some offensive mind is going to be like, oh, I, can, I can do something with that. I think. Yeah, it's a guy that had promise. Obviously, I said, not as much these days. I said yesterday on OT that uh, he'll end up in Kansas City and be pretty good. <laughs> he'll be a world beater. Yeah. With no, I think actually there's a chance that he, if he did go somewhere else, he could end up good. See, I, I get worried about that. But I also would say, like, if you don't trust the guy and you're not going to utilize him, then why is he on your yeah, what's team? what's the point? Like, what's the point of it, right? So, like, I could see if they parted ways with LaVisca Chanel because they're just, it's not working here. Did you feel similarly about Chark? No, no, no. I thought they should have re-signed Chark. Yeah. So, yeah. I, now, listen, I, I'm right now being proven a little wrong here. Like, I thought Chark, I would have brought Chark back on a one-year deal rather than go sign Zay Jones. Hmm. I said the same thing. Right? So, yeah. But Zay Jones looking pretty good right now. And he's, sure. he's actually cheaper. Cheaper for the, the year by year. They only have to make one Jones jersey for three guys. <laughs> Cheaper by the dozen, baby. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Saving on laundry. Uh, <laughs> so I said this yesterday, though, about LaVisca on OT. I was like, if they if they get rid of LaVisca, and he's good with, like, the Chiefs or the Bills or somebody good, but Kirk and Zay Jones and everybody else is also good, are we mad? No, you can't be. No. Nah, I, I think there are some players that you can't be mad if they go somewhere else. If you're... 
if they just don't look like they're going to perform for you, you just got to take a chance that they're going to go, they might go perform for somebody else. But if you can get anything back, you feel better about it. Like, I say this about Taven Bryan. If Taven Bryan ends up playing pretty well, you know, for Cleveland, the Jags gave him four years. I mean, what else did you want him to do? Like, they can't, good. they can't control anything yeah. like that. I mean, they gave him every opportunity. That's not on the Jags. I mean, that's on the guy took forever to develop or it finally clicked or whatever it is. And same could be said for LaVisca. I just think there's more behind the scenes internally what's happening with LaVisca than we probably even know about. And I don't know what that actually means. But I just on the field that comes out, like, I have this belief that they don't trust him. And listen... I'm like a cheerleader for the guy. Like I think he's a. I think he could really be a valuable part of this thing. But sooner or later, you got to get on the field. Sooner or later, you got to go make plays, and you got to be reliable, or or they're not going to put you in. So then you're just wasting a spot. I was actually thinking about this since Casey mentioned it on Monday's show. But like, why put him out there on special teams if you don't intend Thank on putting you. him? Thank you. Was that to showcase him for a treat? It could have been. Could have been. But I also think they. Wa- Here's the deal. Well. Here's the deal. They really it, didn't. No, it didn't go well. If if you if you keep him on the roster, though, we're uh, how many times are you giving him the ball in a game? I mean, you're not how if many everyone's healthy. He so therefore, you could then try him at punt returner because you get the ball in his hands. Sure. The interesting thing about he's not a burner guy. Like no. I think of punt returners and I think of burners. Jamal like, Agnew. Yeah, I, I don't. And you can tell on the second or the one that he caught is this so indecisive, yeah. and he never used any speed to get around the edge. Because if he did, he would have had like a 30-yard return. Yeah, It's like the one job that you don't have multiple people do. Like guard, yeah, you move them. Like you see what the Jags are doing, left guard, right guard. Yeah, you can move around. You don't really move a guy that's not a punt returner to punt returner. It's like a whole different skill set. And it's a hard thing to do. I think punt punt returning is one of the most underappreciated positions in the game. I agree. It's, It's unbelievable how hard that is, I think. I can't believe there aren't more fumbles. Mm. More injuries. These we guys should go gonna, out and try uh, to catch punts. I, I, we've done it before. Like, we've done this before in the Action Sports Jacks TV department. Well, we don't work there. I know. I'm just saying we can do Was it Is there again. a big winner that we can make fun of? Or? No, but it's just like it's. you can make fun of anybody trying to do it because it's impossible. Yeah. Like, it's really hard. You line up under the thing. You're waiting what seems like, I don't know, four and a half days for this ball to come down and then Right through we your We also arms. have to wear helmets. Or right off your face Plus to get the full. Face. No, we got to wear helmets. Jose can oh, oh, by the way, fly ball. You forget the one part of it. Like there a bunch of running at you. bulls running at you. <laughs> at 100 miles an hour. We can't simulate that Looking to take your part, head off. Though. Yeah. We can't we'll simulate that, that part. Yeah. <laughs> we just, put, we we'll should, just though. dress you in red and let the bulls go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what you are. I mean, that's amazing. It's, a, it's such a hard. I think it might be the hardest thing to do it in football. It's It's crazy difficult, it seems. Yeah. We should do it. Am I overplaying that? No, I agree with you. I think it's difficult. I really do. And that's why it's when you find someone that's good at it, like Jamal Agnew, you uh, you don't put LaVisca Chanel back there. It's that simple. Yeah, but again, I think they're saying, hey, Casey, if, like, if you think you're going to get him on because you've got Jones, Jones, and Christian Kirk, and Ingram, and all those guys. Not the other Jones. Well, you have, and maybe the other Jones, but Tim. how many plays is LaVisca getting in for? 10 to 12 plays a game, 8 to 10 plays a game, something like that. So I think this was like, all right. Let's see if he can do this, too, because this is a way to get maybe four more touches if Agnew's not ready or tweaks an ankle or whatever it might be. So it gives us some depth, first of all. Yeah. But it also, now you're saying, okay, we're going to keep a guy that we might get 15 times when we might touch the ball. Because LaVisca is a guy, like, you want on the... We had a bingo card for LaVisca Chenault his rookie year. We actually had a bingo card. Like, you can do a lot of things with the guy. 
Yeah. But only if he plays eight snaps a game, you can't. Mm. But in the defense of not cutting him, if you need four yards, how many guys on the team do you rely on to get those four yards? Because he's one of them. If he catches the ball, he's getting you those four yards. He's going to run somebody over and get you the four yards. Yeah. Oh, I'd rather, listen, the guy that will take his reps right now is probably Jamal Agnew. And so if you give him a little swing pass, and Agnew can be pretty good on this play too, but would you rather, third and four to your point, Agnew get that swing pass In the or open. Chenault? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Because you can talk, oh, Tim Jones you want. Tim Jones ain't touching the field most likely unless there are injuries. Yeah. So it's Agnew who's going to get those reps. Right, and I like Agnew, but it's a whole different thing. Like, I understand the point you're trying to make, but, but it depends but on how you you're setting it up. you the same play with him is my point. You can, but you need different blocking. Yeah. If you're running it with LaVisca, you put him out there with another wide receiver. You make Bond block, he runs the guy over. Yeah. You do it with Agnew, you need more people to come out and make blocks. You probably need two guys to go out there, right. yeah. I don't think the expectation on a wide receiver screen is that the wide receiver is just going to go out there and, and he doesn't need blockers. But that's his game. He just did it the other night. Like, well, you need his guy, the guy that's guarding LaVisca, is most of the time when we see this run with LaVisca, that guy doesn't exist anymore because he's on the ground. I, I, okay, but, like, they're not drawing it up where Visca's got no blockers on a screen. It's, it's not a play. They have, right, I'm saying you need one. We just saw it. They just ran it the other night. Yeah. He got six yards off yeah. of it. No, that's, he barrels people over, man. Uh, but, again, I just think the trust part of him is, is the biggest thing uh, at the moment. Hey, uh, DeWan Smoot, this is a guy. I love this guy. What a great story DeWan Smoot is. There's, it's, it's, there's a lot of things to like on this uh, Jaguars pass rush. Boy, there, it's true. Because yeah. this, like, These are like Smoot at one time in camp was like the third wave of it. Mm-hmm. And I think he's played himself right into a position like Arden Key. <laughs> that song at the top of the segment was about Arden Key, <laughs> not about, about that. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and I mean, Arden Key and Dewan Smoot have me just, no, I shouldn't say just as much, have me more excited about this defense because of their performance, more so than, like, the Walkers and Allens, because I kind of thought that Walker and Allen, those guys could do what they we hope they can do. They were who we but thought I'm they were. not sure what to expect out of Smoot at this point, where they're going to use him, how they're going to use him, and also Arden Key. And what those guys have shown in the month of August, I think is real. the real reason why people are super bullish on this defense because they see the ways that they might be able to throw at you. Yeah. Uh, and Smoot, man, been making plays now for three years. I love the Smoot story because he, he was the guy. <laughs> he, he knew it. He told us, said, this is it. I either get it done or I don't. That's a real and guy. And ever since then, he's signed a new deal. He's got six and a half sacks, five and a half sacks, and he just keeps making plays. He forced a fumble uh, the other night. We got a chance to catch up with DeWan Smoot, and uh, we talked to him about coming off those couple of years and the progression in this defense from last season to this season. It's cut one case. Every day, I'm just trying to show what I can do. At the end of the day, I mean, I'm just coming come to work every day with my hard hat on, just trying to see what I can do. So I'm just working. <laughs> Just working. Same guy you were talking to a couple of years ago trying to get that deal. Well, you talked about the the waves of defense, right? You said Trayvon and Josh, and now you throw DeWan and Arden Key. Uh, What's the expectation for this defense with those kind of athletes, especially sometimes used in the same package? Whenever me, Arden, Trayvon, and Josh, whenever we out there, nobody can stop us. (laughs) And we're getting better and better each week. We're trying to just get close as we can to that season form, you know, in, in preseason. And I feel like we definitely showed that. See?
But this was the fearsome foursome you were talking about. These were the guys making it into the back of the It's almost like he knows exactly what we're all looking at, and he's looking at it too. And I actually think, if I'm reading between the lines here, Casey, I think there's another version of this cut about the fearsome foursome that's more realistic to what he meant. Why don't you play that one? Whenever me, Arden, Trayvon, and Josh, whenever we out there, nobody can stop us. <laughs> <laughs> Just let it die down. Because that's what it is, right? It is like the evil genius behind this defense will be the fact that you've got these four guys just breaking into the backfield, play after play after play. When I read this from the 33rd team the other day, they said that third down defense, you know, when you bring those guys out, and they call it the NASCAR package, you know, that speed package, and that's what it is. And you have the ability to really mix it up. I mean, again, Arden Key has been so impressive. But Smoot has too. Smoot just continually makes... Plays. And by the way, if you got three guys in Allen and Walker and Key, who you've got to really pay attention to getting into the backfield, easier for Smoot to get back there too. So I want to skip ahead, Casey, and I asked about, like, I talked to Smoot a little bit about that year that he had to prove it. It was either make it or break it. And he made it. And then he had, like, what, 11, 12 combined sacks the next two years, made himself some more money. And even again this year, it's kind of like, all right, I got to make it again because they've brought more people in to maybe take some of my playing time. So I asked him about the pressure to prove himself in these games. Definitely you feel that, you know, internal pressure. But, I mean, I'm used to being in that. I've well, we've been through three, four head coaches, and every year i got to prove myself at the end of the day. So, I mean, I'm used to that underdog mentality and just getting in that dogfight. Hey, I'm ready. I think this would have been a story, by the way, if he hasn't played so well about him even making the roster. I don't think that's a story anymore. It's no, about how much sir. he's going to play. Yep. Uh, let's get to this last one, Casey, uh, because I think when you have co- new coaches, you have defenses that change. You wonder how some players are going to transition in a scheme, and that's why they bring in other guys. They brought in a lot of new players, but Mike Caldwell was able to say, hey, I think this guy looks good. This guy looks good in what we want to do. He didn't really have that luxury with Smoot. He inherited Smoot. And so what does he think about this Caldwell defense? We're running a 3-4 defense, but we're playing like a 4-3. We have one gap, and we just get vertical. Right then and then. That's what we love to do. We're all, we're all athletic. We just want to get vertical and make plays. So that's what he's, he's getting us to freedom to do. Vertical, horizontal, angular. They're just getting back there at every turn. You know, it's interesting. You see pass rushers sometimes, like, dance a little bit and, and you know, try to use moves. I think what's been fascinating to watch about especially smooth. Well, you even go back to the first play of the of the preseason in Canton, and you saw Trayvon Walker. What did he do? Yeah, just rode his guy right into the right into the quarterback. Well, the other night, and I think we saw it even against Cleveland. Arden Key on two occasions, you could see him put the guy on skates. Like you can when you can see that during a play, that's a hell of a bull rush. Oh yeah, right. Well, DeJuan Smoot was able to do it, too. I think Smoot drew, uh, drew the holding call on one of those moves. But it's to me, in my eyes, it's kind of unique to see just guys driving <laughs> offensive linemen, boom, right back. It happens from time to time. But I think it's happened frequently here for the Jags with this defense. It also happened in practice on a lot of these one-on-ones. So I think it's going to be a common theme. Like, I even asked Smoot, I was like, are you much stronger than you were? Because you look like you're manhandling people. Yeah. And I didn't see that part of his game. Smoot has always been kind of a big guy that's also quick. Yeah. But I feel like he's almost stronger right now. And maybe that's what he's talking about, that vertical. It just 
boom, just get up the field. It seems like this pass rush is a really good balance of strong and fast where you don't normally see that, right? Strong guys usually slower, fast guys usually a little bit smaller, but they've got it from all angles right now. Arden Key, Casey, have you like, doesn't he just jump out at you how big he looks and like his body? Uh, like in a real live action play, and guys like Calais Campbell would stick out because he's a massive human being. Like yeah. Arden Key, doesn't he look like taller than everybody he's else? Long, long, like, long's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, but it jumps out at you his length. Yeah, I'm with it. You know? Yeah. And I feel bad for like when they signed him, we we're like Arden Key, and now we're like Martin Key. Arden <laughs> Key, with the splash that he's made in the early going, has me thinking this could be like one of the. Great B-level signings that I've seen in my 15 years here. And you're still going to disrespect him by calling him B-level. Well, well, because it, was signed, signed, it yeah. wasn't like a $75 million contract guy. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm not saying he's B-level player. He might be coming into an A-level player, but the Jags got a lot of bang for their buck is my point. Yeah, they did. Potentially. Hopefully. And I think they have one of those guys on the offensive side, too. I think Ingram gives them that opportunity as well. Mm. And, hey, guess who else? Zay Jones. Holy cow, we could be raving about Trent Bulky by the end of the season. Yeah. Someone in the chat was like, Bulky Masterclass. <laughs> Everybody loves the Masterclass, Bulky, but he might be on top of it here. Yeah. We'll be back on ESPN 690. a little bit. Let a season play out. Let things happen. And Baker's shown that, you know, he can lead a team to the playoffs and get a win. He's done that in Cleveland. Last year, he had uh, injury issues, to say the least. So let's watch him play. I think this team is uh, it's starting to build the right way. I thought we took a step back last year, but kind of like what we did offseason-wise and especially in the draft, that this team's starting to kind of build uh, the right way um, and just kind of let's see some progress and then and if Baker is uh, part of that progress and plays good football then that's something to be talked about Baker Mayfield how will he do Baker Mayfield 2.0 don't you find yourself kind of rooting for Mayfield I've always rooted for Mayfield okay but it. not everybody has no as a matter of fact he's really hated by a lot of people <laughs> Yeah, well, he kind of rubs people the wrong way. But he's like a PG version of Johnny Manziel. Like, I liked a lot about Manziel other than the whole, you know, drug and alcohol abuse and throwing his career down the drain. But uh, Baker Mayfield's a fun guy to watch because you never know what he's going to do. He's going to mix it up constantly. But I think people are rooting for Mayfield because they're rooting against Cleveland. Maybe. Because of Deshaun Watson, maybe. Yeah, and he was kind of the almost plays the victim card. Yeah, the anti-Watson. In a sense, because they dragged him along, yeah. they, all of a sudden they like, oh, we want this guy, we're going to pay him X amount of money. They hung on to him for a few months. And again, Cleveland people probably aren't rooting for Mayfield. No, I, I don't but know. I think the NFL in a weird way, it, and I agree with you, I think he was beyond polarizing. He probably, from an approval rating standpoint, Baker Mayfield probably wouldn't have over 50%. No, but he wouldn't but have too much under he might. You think he's over. You think... Just because of the position he was put in, not necessarily anything having to do with him. Yeah. You know, word out of Cleveland is that he was kind of beloved in that locker room. He's not a guy who teammates don't like. I, I think there are mixed reviews on that. Like, oh, yeah. who, whose fault was it? Why did, you know, who gets the blame game for Odell Beckham Jr.? And you end up with Beckham Jr. and Landry, and they're both gone. I mean, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think anybody ever really knows that, especially in a COVID world. I think I was harder to tell. But I think... 
like if Baker Mayfield had gone to the Patriots, people wouldn't be rooting for him. But I think Carolina is an innocent enough organization. Beyond it, they're bad this year. Yeah, but they're not also not like who hates Carolina. You know what I mean? Other than people in the NFC South. Okay. Nobody. I mean, so I think the idea that he goes there and plays well is an okay thing to root for. You know, it's interesting you said that they really don't have a real rival, do they? I mean, I don't, I don't, I would assume they think the Saints are their rival. The Falcons? I feel like, I don't know. I feel like the Saints would be higher on the list, but maybe it is the Falcons. Like, the Bucs have only been good recently, so the Bucs are really, like, nobody's rival. It's interesting. That, in my opinion, no, but maybe as a Bucs fan, you'd think different, but... No, Jaguars connection. They were both came in the league at the same time, so maybe they'd be linked like that. No, no. Yeah, they just don't play enough. They really don't. So, I don't know. I think, Casey, I don't know. You're a Baker. You always like Baker Mayfield, but... Oh, no, Aaron said he liked Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about Baker Mayfield. Do you think I'm right? Do you think, like, the temperature on him, like, it's election day. So if we did a vote, you th- if we did a vote six months ago or today, I think the approval rating would be so much higher today hmm. for Baker Mayfield. Am I wrong? Yeah, I think people are rooting for him because they don't want to refer to Sean Watson, and they're now connected. They have to be. So I think people want to be like, look, Baker was good. You didn't have to do this gross, disgusting thing you did with Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah, and I think the idea that they play each other on week one gives you reason to root for him right off the rip. Yeah, because you're going to root for they somebody. They win that game. Yeah. Baker Mayfield wins that game. Like, you think the, so? In the, yeah, he, win, he wins that game. That is not a good Carolina team. But Baker Mayfield, he'll win that game. Okay. Trust me. I've seen it already. Kind of like the Derek Carr MVP <laughs> thing. Kind of like my parlay. Are the Browns, like, the most hated team in the league right now? Uh, yeah. I mean, the Patriots were that. Patriots, yeah. to me, still are. Still? Nah. Just for me, you play in the East. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, like, okay, maybe, yeah. Chiefs are kind of hated. No. no. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Oh, Chiefs are still this sexy team. Like, nobody kind of hated. Like, I don't it's know, collective hate on the Browns because they did, like, what they did to get to Sean. Yeah, we so, can all agree it's gross and we hate him. Yeah, and by the way, I think the Browns, I found myself a couple years ago rooting for them because I almost felt bad for all their bad fortune, much like the Jags or the Bills. Like, I think teams like that are easy to root for for turning around. New blood, you know. It's an underdog thing. We all love underdogs, yeah. So I think they've gone from like, hey, yeah, that's a cool story in Cleveland to, ugh. (laughs) Which is weird. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they don't win again. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of people that, like, if you hated a team right now, and you're not as afraid of the Patriots, so I I get what you're saying. The league did hate the Patriots for like the last 10 years Mm. because they were tired of it. Yeah, but and now they're not good enough to hate them to that point. I mean, the thing about Cleveland is they could be good. I mean, they're again their roster's good, and Brissett gets some more wins than people think, and they hand off to Watson in a good place. Like they could become like the story of the league. And we talk a lot about their offense. Their defense is good too. Oh, they've got a ton of good players. So I don't know. It's fascinating to kind of think about the Cleveland Browns as the team everybody doesn't like. Grody, so bizarre. Grody. Who else is even in that mix outside of the Would Patriots? Would you put the Rams in that mix just because of the recent success and they uh, did it with all Stafford. three agents? Stafford. Yeah, Stafford was a redeeming story. People he, like Stafford. He was so much so that he kind of, and McVay's kind of a cool cat. Like around here you would say it because Ramsey. Like people don't like the Rams because yeah. of Ramsey. That's true. But, I mean, it's hard to find teams that people, like universally, you know, like the Raiders are either for Murray or against, oh, the Raiders are a great one, yeah. Right, but that's historic. Dallas. Dallas is like that. Dallas is just so polarizing because they're the Yankees. Is Green Bay polarizing? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Nah. Not even close. Nah. And again, you either 
Green Bay's too easy of a punching bag. I'll say Peyton's Colts were pretty hated. They got hated. Uh, I, wouldn't hate, I wouldn't hate on him now. Listen, there's the Duke and Yankees effect to a lot of these. Whoever wins a lot, and that's why you bring up Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Kansas City might get to that. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't like feel Kansas like they're City. there yet. I don't like them. You don't like them? Nah. Wow, I don't, I, don't, I don't feel like I hear many people say I don't like Kansas City. I love Kelsey, though. He's one of my favorite players, but like I don't, other than that. I kind of I mean, Mahomes is like the easiest guy to root for. I think the- here's why I don't like him. So that when they came here, the Foles game, uh, the first game for Foles, broke his collarbone and all that. Um, I was there as a fan, and like their fans were just like super obnoxious all of a sudden. It's like, whoa, 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 you guys just sucked. You understand what it's like to be horrible. Yeah, that's like, fair. Don't just you didn't just flip overnight to be in some high class fan base. Yeah, you know, yeah. don't act like it. Yeah. So that's why I don't like the Chiefs. To be honest with you. Uh, yeah, hey, big deal coming up this uh, Friday. We have our first Blitz scoreboard show. We have our first Friday night Blitz of real action in the state of Florida on the TV side as well. So uh, it's Baker County in our game of the week against Bradford. Uh, former uh, Baker County coach Jamie Rogers now coaches Bradford against Kevin Mays in Baker County. So that should be a good one. Uh, we'll be out there with the TV cameras and on the radio side as well this Friday night to kick off high school football season for real here in Northeast Florida and Southeast Georgia. And we do the Blitz scoreboard show. Don't miss it. 9 p.m. until 10.30 right here on ESPN 690, presented by Nimnik GMC Buick and Baker Sports. And it uh, should be a lot of fun. We can't wait to unveil the football season, included our uh, segment Committed to the Uncommitted. That is coming up this Friday night, 9 p.m. until 10.30. And again, uh, we'll have coverage all day long on Friday, including the TV side with the Friday Night Blitz at 10.30 on Fox 30, full half-hour edition of Highlights. You know, a big week on Saturday, a big game on Saturday for players like Josh Thompson. Uh, he's a backup safety for the Jags. Made that great special teams player. Remember that uh, the other day, uh, knocking the ball out of the end zone, and and it was a good punt again yes, by Logan I Cook. Do remember that play? And it was a great play. So plays like that stick out. Special teams important for backup players. Seward Weber today had a chance to catch up with uh, Josh Thompson, who could be on the roster bubble. Catching up with Jaguars defensive back Josh Thompson after a nice warm practice here at TIA Bank Field before you guys hop on a plane and head up to Atlanta. Uh, what's this training camp been like for you, this this experience with the Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, it's been really well for me, just, um, you know, understand everything that the vets do, knowing my role, uh, whereas special teams or, you know, just coming out here, working my hardest um, as much as I can and just try to learn from the vet, like I said, and taking as much coaching as I can. So this joint practice thing is going to be completely new to you here against the Falcons. Uh, you, you see the highlights sometimes of, of what happens at joint practices on TV, but uh, the coaches obviously want you guys to get in some good work and, and to go against some new bodies. I just, I'm going to take it as like I do every day at practice. Uh, a lot of players been telling me it's very competitive and then it's going to be some good work. And then obviously to help us before the game, you know, go down there and get some good work with them and then go out on Saturday and play against them. So obviously it's going to be a great experience for me, my first uh, joint practice ever. And I just, I'm, I'm ready. I'm really excited for it. For you, how crucial is this week? I mean, this is, this is a great opportunity both in practice and then in that preseason game against the Falcons to, to put some good stuff on tape to really show what you're able to do. Uh, you try not to, to let the importance of that get to your head too much and just kind of do the work? I'm just leaving it all in God's hands. Uh, I'm very, very faithful Christian. So, I mean, I try not to let everything get to me. And when something does go bad, I rely on uh, everything that, that happens for a reason. And I can come out here and truly say that if it doesn't go as planned, I gave it my all in every rep that I did. Those preseason game reps, though, they're a little different, right? because, you know, your full pads are full live, and it, it is a, a great chance to show 
the game of football. So much of it is evaluated in practice, but those game reps can, can mean a little more. Yeah, they, they mean a lot. Uh, obviously, in practice, you're not as, as physical, uh, as more technique-based, but obviously technique helps you in the game. So the more you work your technique out here at practice, uh, the game will be easy. Um, and There's going to be some ups and downs in the games, but you obviously got to have that, that DB mindset to it's going to happen all right next play. So I just take that as a role and, like I said, try not to let everything get to me in the line. We got some pretty good guys uh, at the defensive back position, be it the corners and guys like Shaq and Rayshon at the safety position. Uh, how much are you able to gain from some of those experienced guys and, and just learning by, by their example and, and what they can kind of show you here? Man, a lot. Uh, there's, there's times where I have questions and everything, and, you know, you're they make you comfortable to come ask a question. Uh, every question is not, not a bad question. So if I have a question, I'll go to Cisco, Rayshon, uh, you know, guys like that really helps the room because they want to see everybody win. Uh, and no matter what happens, like I said, it's all in God's, God's hands. And it's just amazing how people like that, that have my back. And when I have a question, they're able to answer it. And you got to think your versatility is the thing that's very appealing to teams, the, the ability to play multiple positions and, and to go out there and perform. Uh, will not only help you here, but moving forward in your professional football career. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, you know, playing corner and nickel, safety all in college, uh, and then coming here playing safety. Uh, obviously getting the safety position down, but obviously I just don't want to be uh, mainly known as a safety. I want to be known as a DB, but I can do anything. Um, regular defensive back, if you're a DB, you can play in a position on the field. So I kind of look at that as a big thing for me, especially with special teams also. That's Jaguars defensive back, not corner, not safety, but defensive back, Josh Thompson. Josh, thanks so much. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's interesting to hear him say that. I, I think that's a tricky spot. I, you want, again, the more you can do is good, especially if you're a bubble guy because now I can slide in here. But at this level, if you're not focusing on one spot, are you taking away from another, right? Yeah. And, you know, there's a reason why people specialize in things because you can put more attention on the one spot. Yeah. And I wonder where that leaves a fringe guy. Is that a helpful thing, or could it potentially hurt him? I keep telling Casey, I was like, we already got an angry guy around here. We need someone who offers a little more versatility to the broadcast. <laughs> what? Who's the angry guy? That's Casey. Me? Am I getting fired? You? What's happening? <laughs> Aaron? I don't know. How would we label Aaron? How about grousy? Grousy? It's a new word. <laughs> I think we should all pick, like, a Muppet and identifies them. That's a weird thing. Why don't you do that yourself? <laughs> Tell us how that goes. It's a pretty weird thing. Let me look up the Muppets and figure out Muppets? which would fit. Me. Kermit and the boys? How about we how about we pick a Muppet for each other? Okay. Are the Muppets still a thing? Yeah, bro. Like if you're a seven year old kid, do you know what the Muppets are? Yeah, bro. Kermit and the boys. Yeah. I would assume. I showed I showed them to my kids. You okay. have young kids, Aaron. I, but I, I was the one doing the informing. I don't know if it, like, is in the zeitgeist still. It's been well, decades since, first like, of all, the zeitgeist, the public consciousness. You guys don't use that word? No, zeitgeist? zeitgeist? By I the think way, the I looked up grousy. Yeah. Grousy is a word meaning tired and grumpy. I think it fits just fine today. Yeah. Can we look up zeitgeist? Yes. Can I get a spelling for that in a word origin? Z-E-I-T-G-I-E-S-T? That sounds about right. Zeitgeist. We'll be back on ESPN 690. I mean, so much more goes into it than just names on paper. I think we've seen that over the last few years. So, obviously, chemistry is going to be important. Um, you know, obviously, there's not very much chemistry right now. So, you hope over this next three to four months, they can really all just get on the same page, uh, work, work Joe Harris back in, in, into the lineup. You know, they have some quality pickups in the offseason. So, 
I think it's less about the talent on this team because we know what the talent is, and it's really about everyone trying to get on the same page and stay motivated this season. You talk about the Nets, it's about getting on the court at the same time, not the same page. There you go. Uh, I'm just asking this, guys. You, you tired of Kevin Durant? Yeah. Do we, get, do we get tired of athletes? Yeah. Specifically ones who just can't get out of their own way. Like like I said this on Twitter, I think, last week. I'm tired. I'm, like, fatigued on Dion. Like, I don't not like Dion. I think there's a lot of things to like about Dion. I think the personality score, like, there's a lot of, but I'm a little fatigued on the act. Like, the Dion, you're now 50 years old, buddy. Like, that was cool when you were, like, 20, 25, 30, 35, but you're, like, 50. Just go coach kids. Do well. Have fun. I got, like I'm tired of it. I got an unlimited tank for Deion Sanders. Really? I can watch Deion be Deion all day. Love it. Love a loud, colorful personality. What I really struggle with is the baby boys. The guys with the thin skin. Kevin Durant, I want to love you so much. So badly. You're on my favorite team. Most likely, if the three of you can get on the court together, Kyrie and Ben, maybe we're looking at championships. <laughs> but it's so hard to like this guy. It's so hard. Casey? No, I don't like him. I oh, okay. So you were tired already of him? Yeah, yeah. But like, give me another athlete you've been tired of. Um, Anybody come to mind? Not really. You have to say it. I'm a, I'm a, like, uh, well, you're a golf guy. Like, so did you get tired of Patrick Reed? Nope. Um, how about like DeChambeau? Yeah, yeah, I hated DeChambeau. Yeah, so you get tired of like the like the almost like the act of it. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's a good call. That's a good one. Cause yeah, definitely. I'm tired of Brady. Yeah, but that's because of winning. <laughs> okay, but I I sense that too though. Like I got tired of the Patriots. Tired of the Patriots, but I'm tired specifically of Brady. Yeah. But like I'm cool if Brady walked out to never came back this the yesterday and was like retired and it's like okay we're done with the Brady era. Like, I've seen enough. You've like, had 20 years to enjoy it. Yeah, like, I, I, again, stop painting me like this enjoyed picture. I'm not a Patriots guy. <laughs> it feels that way. Just because of where you're from, I'm yeah, going to give it to you. I know. Guilty by association. All right, so uh, Kevin Durant, I mean, he's staying now. Whatever. Great. It's good. just, inst- like, you like, made the demand, and it wasn't a regular trade request. It was trade me or fire the GM and coach. JK. Here, here's why I'm um, <laughs> just kidding. That's really um, what it was. But here, I'll tell you, for me, like a uh, casual NBA guy, right? LeBron does this stuff and news comes out today. I think it's a big deal. Kevin Durant does it, and I'm like sleeping on it. They, that, that will show you. And Kevin Durant's an unbelievable player. Mm-hmm. But the, the star value of those two guys who are both unbelievable players is not even in the same stratosphere. You just got to wonder what he thinks he's doing with his legacy. Because that matters to him. It matters to all these big-time athletes. Okay, I think so. I think so. Like, what is what does he think is happening here? Like, it's one thing when everyone goes, you can't respect Durant's rings because he had to go to Curry to go get him or whatever they're going to say about him. He couldn't do it on his own. Couldn't. Fine. That's not necessarily how the game is played today, so I forgive him for that. But I don't. I mean, the baby boy stuff is just so grating. So annoying. Well, it's all, here's the other thing. I feel like he thinks he has so much power. He like does. so many play, Does he? Well, he didn't get what he wanted here. Not this time around, no. But I mean, the he guys does with have power, the power get whatever the hell they want. Normally, I mean, if Joe Schmo goes up to the GM and the or goes up to the owner essentially and says, "Fire the GM and head coach," he's getting shipped. All right, last that's week. not a power thing. That's just a, we don't want this guy around. I think it's the power that kept Katie on the team. I've never seen anything go viral so quickly 
Now, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Okay. But for me, never seen anything go viral so quickly. Dwayne Wade. Then the... <laughs> that might be coming. <laughs> then the insanity of this guy drinking a beer through his hot dog. Uh, the glizzy straw, baby. Like, what does that even mean? Is that a thing? It's not a thing. No. It's not a thing. <laughs> Casey is a thing. What? Did you guys obviously saw this video? Yes. Was, I, this, in, uh, was this creative? <laughs> was this ridiculous? It was generational. Gross. Sure. Generational. What? What does that mean? It means he's the only one in the last generation <laughs> to do it. To ever do it. <laughs> the guy basically pokes a, a, a straw through a hot dog and then puts the hot dog in the beer to drink the beer through the straw, basically through the hot dog, which is now his straw. Giving it some flavor. But, you know, the, the gross part to me is the fact that he pokes the straw through the hot dog and then makes sure to get all the goodness out of the straw. He's got to suck every last bit of hot dog out of that straw. Got to get it. Stop it. I think there's got to be a bet somewhere in here that we do that. Ugh. I can't do the hot dog thing. I got one hot dog in me, and then anything above that, I'm getting nauseous and I'm vomiting on Casey. We don't even have to have the hot dog in you. We're talking about <laughs> drinking beer a beer. Who can drink dog. a beer the fastest through the, the glizzy straw? We can try. I might throw up on you anyway. Please don't. I think we should set the table for that. Bill oh, Lambeer. You got to be in on it. Annoying athlete. I'll do it. Okay. What's that? Bill Lambeer. Oh, yeah. Annoying athlete. But I'm not sure he's annoying. I think he's just a hated guy. I mean, he was hated for how annoying he was. He wasn't just the enforcer. Yeah, he was right. also the guy he's causing the whiny. tanks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Made a good career out of it, though. Man. For real. All right, that'll do it for us. I'll be on the road in Atlanta the next few days. So we'll be at Jags practice tomorrow up there in Flowery Branch. These guys will be here. Casey Kurtz and Brian Middleton up next with Action Sports Jacks OT. Then we got some Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, I believe, as well we on a Tuesday as uh, the season winds down there. For Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz, I'm Brent Martineau. OT coming up next, Kurtz and Middleton on the way. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com.